Hey everyone, I'm so excited to kick off our Book of Mark series as a church. And this series, I don't know how long it's actually going to go for because we want to take our time to chew through every single verse that is available to us in this amazing book. And um, make sure that you make, uh, you're joining up with one of our live groups so that you can discuss and that you can really dive deeper into the Word of God with us. And, um, you know... A few years ago, I remember I went to a Hillsong conference and um, I, I had heard of this term before, but I had never really taken much notice of it. And Hillsong were doing this theme throughout the whole conference and it was called the Scarlet Thread. The Scarlet Thread. And, and the Scarlet Thread is all about this idea that the whole Bible, the whole book of God, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, is tied together with this scarlet thread. What is the scarlet thread? The scarlet thread is Jesus, is his sacrifice, is what he did in order to bring us into relationship with God once again. And when we understand that the whole word of God and our lives are bound together with this scarlet thread, it brings about a new understanding and a new appreciation for all that God was doing. You know, in the Old Testament, where we read about some of the really tricky passages about things that were taking place that were quite disturbing to say the least, we can understand that with the scarlet thread, it was God edging uh, and, and bringing his plan into place at the perfect time for Jesus to come and to bring salvation to all mankind. And so as we go through uh, the book of Mark, it is for us to understand and to uh, really focus in on Jesus and his life. Because as we were uh, coming into this new year, uh, I felt God remind me of the scarlet thread. I felt him saying to me that as a church, we need to understand the scarlet thread better. And I'm so excited as we dive into more about who Jesus is and all that he does over the next few weeks. And um you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, Paul the Apostle actually said, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ and Him crucified. A few years ago, I heard a preaching about this verse. And this preacher was saying, Do you know if Jesus is enough for you? Have you got to a place where if there is nothing else in your life except knowing Christ and Him crucified, is that going to be enough for you? Because if you don't, you probably don't understand all that Jesus has done. And, um, and that really shook me because I felt like, you know, there was so much that I was striving for. There was so much that I wanted to achieve. And I did not feel comfortable resting in this salvation that I had in Jesus. It took me a few more years as I journeyed in my faith to get to a place where I can say, along with Paul, that I want to know um, Jesus and Him crucified as the first and the most important piece in my life. My prayer is that as we look into the book of Mark, that this will become more and more evident for you as well. Now, before we start looking at the text itself next week, I wanted to talk a little bit about the background of the gospel of Mark. As you start reading this book of the Bible for yourself, here's a few things for you to note. 
The book of Mark was written uh, around 65 to 75 AD. This was literally about 30 to 40 years after the death of Jesus Christ. This means that there were still people alive when this book was written that would have witnessed Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. This is a highly important piece of information. There are many critics of Christianity or skeptics of Christianity that would like to say that uh, that the whole gospel, the whole Jesus um, uh, part of the, the, the Bible is just made up. People were just taking Roman myths or myths from the Greeks or, or whoever and just making it into this person in order that we could make up this faith. Well, Mark wrote about the person of Jesus Christ 40 years after Jesus died. If he was writing a myth, there would have been an outcry. There would have been books published. There would have been rebuttals as to this Jesus person. The very fact that it was written while people would still have in their living memory who Jesus was is a clear sign that what Mark was writing is true and is something that we can place our trust in. And there are many more evidences as to why we can trust the Gospels and and the rest of the Bible, truly. Uh, But this is one of those things that we can bring up when people ask us, how can you believe that fairy tale? Well, if it was a fairy tale, we would have had a lot more literature written about how this was fake. Anyway, so Mark wrote this in 65 to 75 AD. But who's this Mark? Why did he get to write the Gospel? Well, Mark, or is, he's also known in the Bible as John Mark, appears elsewhere in the Bible as well. We find out in Colossians 4 verse 10 that he is the cousin of Barnabas. His mum was part of the early church, and she even used her house to allow uh, Christian, Christians to gather together. We see that in Acts chapter 12 verse 12. And Possibly, but most importantly, in Acts 12, verse 25, we find that his cousin Barnabas went on a missionary journey with Paul the Apostle, and he took Mark along. However, Mark doesn't last very long in this journey. In fact, in Acts chapter 13, just the next chapter, verse 13, we find that John Mark leaves this missionary party to go home. We later learn that Mark had actually deserted this party. He left them. He abandoned them. Let's have a look at Acts chapter 15, verse 36 to 41. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of God and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. I wanted to bring this passage up because it brings something really interesting into focus. John Mark, who wrote this gospel that we do have today, the earliest gospel that was made available, he deserted 
Paul and Barnabas. And if we go back a little bit, Paul and Barnabas was like the original missionary team. They, they took the gospel really far together. They were like a dream team. And in fact, this whole thing started because Barnabas decided to give Paul a second chance. You see, Paul at that point in time in history had just gotten to know Jesus. And before he became Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus was a man who made his life's mission to persecute and destroy the early church. He actively went against Christians and even sometimes got them either thrown in jail or even killed. Saul was not a popular man amongst the early church. But when Jesus met him and he had this radical conversion to Christianity and he wanted to start to live his life for Jesus, no one wanted to give him a chance. But Barnabas did. Barnabas took him under his wing and they started off on these missionary journeys, planting churches in areas where there had been no church and where there had been no gospel. So it's really quite interesting. Barnabas, his name actually means son of encouragement. Many people will point to the fact that it was Barnabas's encouragement that allows Paul to become the man that he is. Yet when they came into this point in time uh, at, where they were faced with this decision, where Barnabas wanted to take Mark, but Paul was saying no, they had such a sharp disagreement that they broke off their team into two different parties. It really made me wonder about this. And, uh, and I remember a while ago, last year, as I was thinking about this whole breaking up of this missionary team, I felt this question in my heart. I, I think God was kind of bringing me to think about this a little bit more. And, and I felt the question was this, was Barnabas right or was Paul right? Was Barnabas right to want to give Mark a second chance or was Paul right not to want to trust Mark? You see, Paul takes Silas on, as we read in Acts 15, and he goes on another really successful mission trip. In fact, Paul goes on to make more missionary trips, planning more churches in multiple cities. His impact cannot be underestimated. He is really, he needs to be credited with the gospel spreading beyond Israel. We are Christians today in Australia because Paul took the gospel beyond the boundaries of uh, the Hebrew nation. In that way, I was inclined to think that Paul was right. Barnabas, on the other hand, he kind of fades off from this point in, in the biblical account. We don't really read about Barnabas anymore, but Paul's Fame, if you will, continues to rise. Perhaps Paul was right in not taking Mark along. But then as I was starting to get ready uh, to, to, to prepare for this series in Mark, and then I was drawing a link between who was this Mark in the biblical account, and I started to realize that this was the Mark that Barnabas gave a second chance to. This is the Mark that wrote down an account of Jesus' life that we are continuing to read today. Because Barnabas gave him a second chance. Was Paul right or was Barnabas right? And this is where God really put in my heart that maybe it's not so much a matter of one being right and one being wrong, but having different missions. 
You see, Paul's mission was to move quickly with a trusted team into areas and places where there would be so much unknown, where there could be persecution, where there could be dangers, and to have someone that could just drop the ball in the middle of this important mission trip was not something that Paul was willing to have, and history proved him right. But for Barnabas, being able to come alongside someone who was showing repentance, who wanted to have a second go, and to take him under his wing, to train him up once again, meant that there is another hero of the faith, and we can reap the benefits of it today. And we later on find out in the biblical account that Paul and Mark do reconcile in Colossians 4 verse 10 and in Philemon uh, verse 24. And it even gets to the point where Paul, when he is in prison in Rome in his final uh, few uh, days, on the final uh, season of his life, he actually wanted Mark to go visit him. We see this in 2 Timothy 4 verse 11. And we find that Mark also started to work with Peter, the apostle, to the point where Peter calls Mark his son in 1 Peter 5 verse 13. And it was because of this connection between Mark and Peter that we get the book of Mark. This is how Mark got to write uh, the gospel uh, according to him. He was simply recording Peter's recollections of his life with Jesus. You know, why I'm bringing all of this up is because as we continue on as a church, I want you to realize that there's a certain mission that God has placed on my heart for our church. See, I think that there are pole-type churches that need to move quickly and swiftly in order to spread the gospel into into different places and, and into places that might be more difficult and, and, and is a really important mission. I 100% believe that. In fact, I always wanted to have a pole-type church. But recently, over the last year, God has put on my heart that Lyft is possibly going to look, in fact, not just possibly, but Lyft is going to look a lot more like a Barnabas-type church, a church that comes alongside people that need a second chance, a church that comes alongside those that have rough edges, that comes alongside those who need encouragement and guidance in order to grow into the call of God that is still present in their lives. Can I ask you to consider how this makes you feel? Is this the kind of church that you want to be a part of? Because if you feel called to be a pole-type church, you're probably going to get a little bit frustrated with the way that we do things around here. Just like Paul and Barnabas needed to separate in order to, to do different parts of their mission, there was a season where they could work together and that was brilliant, but then there was also a season that they needed to accomplish different things as part of God's call on their lives. And, but if this resounds with you, I want you to think about what that means for you. How can you prepare yourself to be in a Barnabas-type church? Maybe think about this. How can you be a Barnabas to someone else? Or maybe you see yourself as a mark right now. You're needing a second chance. You're needing to grow. You're needing some encouragement and guidance in your life. How can you connect with a Barnabas that can help you to take those steps that are necessary in your journey? I do want to make something clear. Barnabas did, leave, did let Mark leave the first time that he wanted to leave. Barnabas isn't always about pursuing and pushing a person to do the things of God. Barnabas still let 
people, let Mark make his own choices. But the moment that Mark was ready to come back, Barnabas was there, ready to take him on. And so before we really dive into the Gospel of Mark, I, was thought, I, I thought it was appropriate for us to reflect on the author of this Gospel. To me, Mark represents an amazing picture of redemption. Maybe in some ways, Mark is a, a character that I, de- I identify with after uncovering some of this backstory. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up where we had Christians gathering in our home all the time. But there were seasons where I, I, in my heart, walked away from God. I walked away from my mission. I thought that it was too difficult. I thought that I wasn't cut out to do what God had called me to do. I doubted whether God had actually called me to do some of these things. But because I've had people in my life, I had Barnabas-type people to encourage me, to help me, to guide me in my next steps, I've been able to take massive steps in my journey. I'm still going. I still have Barnabases in my life because I still need encouragement. I still need guidance as I continue to grow. Uh, but I so uh, connect with Mark. And I love, I love that we get to start this series just reflecting on how God gives us second chances. So if you are listening to this and you are desperate for a second chance, I want you to realize that God is a God of second chances, that God is always willing to allow you to come back home when you're ready. When you are the one that's making the decision, God doesn't force you, but he welcomes you with open arms when you are ready. And if that is you listening to this and you want to invite Jesus into your life. Maybe you're in a place where you think that you've completely stuffed things up, where you've walked away, where there's nothing left for you to do when it comes to uh, uh, to trying to find your own way and finding your own salvation, and you want to trust God. Can I just lead you in a prayer? Can we just all close our eyes just for a moment? Let's have this as a personal moment between God and you. And just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus... I invite you into my life. I want a second chance. I know that I haven't always got things right, but I thank you that your grace is still sufficient for me today. So I invite you into my life. Wash me clean and make me whole. Forgive me of my sins. I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer for the first time, We've got some resources available for you. One of them is that you can text in um, into this number that's going to appear on the screen. And we're going to send you uh, 30 days of texts to help you on your journey with Jesus. And that's going to be amazing. But for everyone else, hey, awesome that you have uh, started this journey with us reading through the book of Mark. Make sure you join up with your live groups. We're going to have some discussion questions available for you guys as you discuss and dive more into what we discussed today. Well, God bless and we'll catch you in week two. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.